What is the role of belief in business? What is the role of belief in our lives? On your journey as a business owner or as an entrepreneur, is belief one of those non-negotiables? Do join us as we talk to an expert in the field, Samir Babbar. Hello, listeners of the Next Big Thing podcast. Today is another day when we speak to another insightful and very interesting guest. I'm really excited about this. He's also a personal friend of mine. He is a consultant. He mentors businesses and entrepreneurs. He conducts group workshops and is an excellent speaker. He's also developed software products and platforms. And little did I know today when he told me he was also an ex-space scientist. He's also a saxophone player. And he loves, loves numbers. So we'll discuss all of that and more. But please join me in welcoming Samir Babar. Samir, how are we today? Fantastic. Thank you very much for having me, Shreed. Excellent. It's, it's a pleasure and it's long overdue. Ever since we started this podcast, we talked about getting you on the show. And finally, we've made it happen. I am over the moon. It's a pleasure, Shreed. You know how we do this podcast, you know, you've been listening to it as well. And we get the guest on, the guest shares a couple of things about them. And one of them is true, one of them is false. And I have the wonderful task of figuring it out, figuring out which one's which. So do you want to go for it? All yours. Yeah, I'm happy to go for it. Uh, Okay. One of them is true and one of them is false. Mm. Have I flown a plane ever in my life and... Have I ever jumped off a plane ever in my life? So one of them is true and one of them is false. So can yeah. you guess which o- one? Obviously, is true? you can't do both: fly the plane and jump off it. Or maybe you can. I don't know. But <laughs> and not, not at the same, not at the same time. Obviously, yeah. <laughs> okay, so have flown a plane or jumped off a plane? Now you know. You said you said you're an ex-space scientist, so maybe you've been in some kind of a, you know, you've done something with a some kind of a craft that goes up in the air, who knows. But I have a feeling that if you have jumped off, it would have been a while ago. I think you're now very seasoned and, you know, I don't see you as the thrill seeker anymore, but I could be wrong about that. So I'm going to go against my instinct and I'm going to say that you did jump off a plane. I think the opposite is true. I have, uh, I have flown a plane um, briefly though. but I haven't jumped off a plane yet. Not yet. Oh my God. Samir Babar is considering it. Wow. Uh, I can't rule it out. Okay. So t- tell us about this flying a plane bit. When, when and how? A couple of times, actually. I was, um, it was a long time ago. I was new in Australia. And uh, uh, for an experience of uh, flying the plane, I was in Sydney for experience of uh, flying a plane. I went to. Uh, strip and uh, I went with the pilot on a Beagle Pup six-seater plane. So it was quite exciting, especially when it's upside down and taking, you know. So you had the controls? I had the controls, yes. So no, no, no training before? No, no, it was, it was a joy ride. Um, right, okay. But uh, the pilot, you know, gave me specific instructions and he had another set of controls and he told me this is what I can and this is what I can't do. And, so, and you inverted the plane? Uh, he inverted the plane and I was oh, just experiencing it. So it was oh, quite fun. Um, oh. Yeah, but I have, uh, I've also had the opportunity to fly a plane with a friend of mine for whom I did some consulting work 
here in Victoria um, was a single propeller small plane and uh, we went cruising around for a few hours. Uh, I was, uh, because my kids are still young, I was uh, advised against it by some of my Mile High Club friends and they suggested, well, if you really want to go, you know, you should do when your kids grow up a bit. Excellent. Okay. All right. Okay. Help, uh, help me and the audience get to know you a bit better, uh, specifically with how are you changing the world or making it a better place, Samir? Uh, that's, that, it's, a, it's a very interesting question because this question I've been asked way, way, way before as well. You know, I, I, I think I don't claim to change the world in a much bigger way. I think I tend to change the world by influencing others with my ideas. So I would say I write a blog. Mm. So I, I kind of tend to change the thinking of people, let's say one blog, one person at a time. And I've got quite a number of uh, readers who read my blog on entrepreneurship, on business, on different ideas. I tend to challenge the thinking which is out there. Mm. Uh, I enjoy music. I share my music and my passion with other people. Uh, I, I, I love doing complex projects, solving uh, problems, using data, facts, figures, and numbers, mm -hmm. one problem at a time. So um, I've been associated with Rotary, uh, been associated with uh, solving one small problem for one person or a family or a small unit at a time. Mm. So I, I, I think uh, I, I belong to the thinking is the, the thinking that, you know, you can't necessarily change the entire world at the same time. So if you have to change the world, mm. you do your bit in your sphere of influence on one action at one point in time. Mm. And that action permeates through the rest of the world. So that's the step that I take to change the world. Indeed, indeed. And you're very good at influencing. I've seen that uh, in our numerous interactions. Uh, and you. yes, you do uh, run a very successful blog, one that gets consumed and interacted with quite often. Uh, so you, I would say, are an interesting mix of somebody who loves numbers for sure, but also loves words. And I think that's a very fascinating <laughs> combination, Thank isn't you. it? Thank you. Thank you. I try to keep a balance uh, between my left brain and right brain thinking. Good I must you. say that way. Good on you. Good on you. Okay. So we uh, look in, you know, when we discuss the theme of this podcast and I told you that the audience, the target audience for this uh, are business owners, uh, you know, like myself and yourself as well. And I want to inspire and influence business owners through this podcast to grow and become you know, the next big thing. Sure. And I want to do this through two aspects. One is mindset and one is marketing. And sure. I think, you know, mindset has to be first because once mindset is sorted, uh, you know, the mind is capable of such brilliance. So things like marketing, <laughs> et cetera, become very easy for business owners yep. to think through. So, and as part of that, you talked about belief. Now, I am a big, pardon the pun, believer of belief. <laughs> And, uh, you know, I've been interested in that space myself. So let's get right into it and let's talk about belief, right? According uh, to you, what is the role of belief for any business owner? 
Yeah, it's a it's a quite uh, an interesting topic and question. And uh, what uh, let me let me step back a bit. What sort of prompted me to write is I was talking to entrepreneurs uh, who were pitching to raise funds, and I could actually uh, I could see a pattern emerging when I was talking to founders. So founders who were successful happily able to raise money versus founders who are not so successful despite having good product or good offering. Uh, so the founders who were successful, they, they were very well articulated. They say, this is what we are doing and this is the outcome we are going to produce. This is how it's going to roll. And it, it, it sort of seemed that they had thought through everything and everything is laid out for them. Whereas the founders who were less successful, the conversation started, I think we are going to do this and, and we hope that this may happen. So what I realized when I kind of looked at their vocabulary, I realized that there's a distinct or a marked difference with, between people who are profoundly successful and not. The vocabulary is quite different. Even though the venture is at a very early stage of creation, nothing has been created as yet for either of these two businesses. But the marked difference that I realized, or what I observed was the vocabulary was maybe, can be, hopefully, and ambiguous words, which not only relinquish the responsibility of actions, but also relinquish the possibility of outcomes. So actions and outcomes kind of going hand to hand. And suddenly these people, you know, whatever words they were choosing, they, they were those words over a period of time that was tending to become their reality. So it was reinforcing what is happening in the market, whereas the people or the businesses or the individuals who use these strong words, this is what we are doing and this is the outcome we are out to achieve. It's the same. Is it is the same words? They are they're focusing on the same outcome. It's just that they believe that this is what is going to happen over a period of time. It's like you're imagining before you're making a chair that you will make a chair, and this is how the chair will look like. I think that's that's the main difference. So that is that is what the anchor is, and that is what sets the people who are in business who are successful versus who are not, that sets them apart. So you're saying there's a direct correlation and you're a numbers man, so I will not doubt you, that uh, you know strong beliefs, correct beliefs lead to desired outcomes. Is that your firm belief? <laughs> that is my firm belief. Now, you said strong. Uh, I think there is, there, is, there is an element of strength in that. I'll give you another example. You know, a child before the child learns to walk, a human being before human being learns to walk. You have family, friends, or parents, whoever is raising the child. Uh, they have the belief that this child will be able to walk, and this is how the child is going to take steps, and that they teach the child to take steps. So those grown-ups are the believer or early believers in the outcomes that the child will produce. And if you, whether it's Elon Musk or whether it's Jeff Bezos, you see that they talk about uh, their families and the people who are near and dear them, believing in them. So no matter what 
the situation or an outcome is to be achieved, you need to have people who are believing in you before you believe in yourself. So somehow they, you need an external reinforcement as much as internal feeling of being able to achieve something. It's not happening in isolation. So the belief is not something which is purely internal to you. It is something which is reinforced by the external environment and we seldom don't realize it. Okay, interesting. Very interesting. Okay, so you mentioned this, you know, internal thinking element and external reinforcement. I believe that is closely associated with a framework on belief that you have developed. Uh, I would love it if you can explain it in more detail. Sure, sure. Uh, happy to. Look, we, we, we think externally. So whatever is happening internal to ourselves and the external environment uh, produces an outcome onto our thinking. So let's say you, you have status quo, you want to learn to walk or you want to produce a change. The, the first step definitely is you need to be not comfortable with the status quo to bring about the change. And that results to taking action about it because, you know, you can't bring about change just purely by thinking or just purely by belief. So action and discomfort with status quo goes hands in hand. And that is, that is where the belief drives the change. Now, you see some of the outcomes of your actions. You magnify the results. And you get the outcome, your belief goes stronger. I mean, religion is, uh, obviously, I don't want to dwell too much into religion. Religion is uh, uh, one of the things, you know, you, you pray to God, you get an outcome, and your belief goes stronger. And sometimes what happens is, you know, moving out of religion and in, in real life, um, participation and association by others also strengthens your belief you know people you are surrounded with you know your fellow uh, beings your friends your family they constantly are strengthening in your belief and going back into religion most of the people they adopt the religion they are born in and they believe that their religion is the best no matter what religion they are born in because they are being influenced by the family friends and surroundings who have faith in the same religion uh, right or wrong, that's independent of that. And then the next um, level of uh, belief is that, you know, you want to change the world. You may want to make a better universe. You want to serve a higher purpose. Um, uh, you, can, you can think it in line with Maslow as well. Mm. So you, you try and actually have this, this belief that you are going to tr have a transformational, your actions are going to have a, transformational impact on the universe so what you do is you kind of take mighty action to create new trends produce much bigger outcomes and so these transformation actions uh, go hand in hand with your thinking you know you take an example of elon musk you know he's thinking about putting people on mars at a price and no one could have thought the way he is thinking uh, 20 years ago. And suddenly, you know, one person's belief can have a transformational impact on the society at large. So that's how the beliefs work. They, 
they kind of magnify if you're producing an outcome they magnify the thinking of the universe how interesting so i mean that is uh, that is fascinating so tell me what actually feeds into so say i have a set of beliefs yeah i have a belief system i believe in fairness in equality i believe in doing the good uh, i believe yeah. uh, that you know the world is more good than than not so so on and so forth now you're saying that external factors play a role in this as do internal factors so which one comes first i see that they both go hand in hand right okay. yeah uh let, let's take that example let's say you're saying that world's a fair place yeah and uh, because in your universe in your surroundings you've seen that played out fairly no for us some ne- not necessarily but i'd like to believe in that <laughs> yeah uh, let, let let's say in this universe if there is a person who does fair work and doesn't get fair outcome mm. then the person will believe that the world is not a fair place for them sure. so e- either they will adopt an unfair attitude towards the world or the actions might become in such a way that people think that um, they are not conforming to the normal behavioral patterns that a uh, human being should exhibit right okay uh, i can say criminals maybe <laughs> so you know they might have criminal tendencies yeah so we can't rule that out either so it's 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 their belief system people become uh, strong uh, believers in a particular faith um, and and the rest of the world might think that uh, this faith is not good for humanity yeah. that's also possible yeah or our uh, extremism in faith uh is also not something that everyone might welcome so yeah pe- people can be made to believe so it's yeah. not it's not um, it's not something which is internal you can be made to believe yeah. into something if i told you um uh, i saw i saw elephants flying yeah uh, you may not believe it but i can make it sound a bit more credible as i, I can say that i saw three elephants flying this morning you know it yeah. sort of suddenly starts sounding a bit credible so i can yeah, yeah i can i can uh, i can uh, play with the mindset as well so i can yeah. start making people believe and imagine if i start telling you a story when you are a baby because yeah. you don't have another reference point yeah uh when you grow up you might believe that there was a point in time but the elephants could actually fly yeah uh, santa claus is uh is a real person that comes in every year isn't he well <laughs> he is yes <laughs> and kids are uh, still delivered by stocks yep yep okay so let's uh, this is all very interesting so i want to focus on one aspect uh from a business owner's perspective right suppose they have the belief that i can run my own business that's one right yeah so there's there's an element of self belief is what i'm hearing okay they also have the belief in their solution to the problem that they're trying to fix sure. yep. yeah now they do all of that okay so they have the belief they that belief will inform certain um certain actions right yep. and that action will then set into motion a few things which will then give an outcome 
right? You said if the outcome, and I completely agree with you, if the outcome is great, then it feeds back into the belief, strengthens it, and you get into that whole loop again. But what if the outcome is not as per what you desire? It has the, the ability to shake up the belief, right? And Absolutely. then the, the belief changes. And slowly, it can, I've observed, can become a limiting belief. One it certainly does. Limits your progress, okay? How does one get out of that? How do you get back to your belief that you originally had, one which was, it was good for you? No, I'm, I'm not the expert to get people out of that belief, but I have seen people get out of their limiting beliefs. Um, and usually you need an external reinforcement to, uh-huh. to, to do that. Because okay. what happens is that, you know, if your persistent efforts uh, don't give you the outcome that you wish or desire, yeah. then yes, you can get stuck in those limiting beliefs. You know, one of the, one of the interesting things, one of my friends, uh, he shared with me that what he said is, it's quite interesting that uh, you take mighty action mm. and that mighty action will create a new version of a future you. Mm-hmm. And you keep taking these mighty actions one after the other that will keep creating a better version of a future you. Mm-hmm. And uh, that the net present value of that future you will be higher than your current value of you. Mm-hmm. And this mm-hmm. increment in value right. will actually help you get out of that, that, that issue. So he was talking about another uh, ventures context. So. Yeah. Yeah. The only way you can actually get out of it is, you know, if you feel that you're stuck, you start taking mighty action. Yeah. And and you keep keep at it despite the fact that you may not be getting the outcomes you want. Yeah. Uh, so so the only way, as I said to you, is either your efforts or the external outcomes. So what you do is you increase increase your internal efforts. If you're not getting the external outcomes yeah. or a reinforcement back, it it st- still doesn't need to be the way that you know you stop performing internal action. Yeah. Uh, if you're not getting the outcome, maybe you know sometimes you know if you look at it, uh, you feel that you are going in circles, mm. and you say, okay, I'm just going in circles. I'm not progressing any much. Mm. And if you look in a three dimensional view. Mm. You might be on a spiral, which is actually moving upwards mm. uh, and not going in circles necessarily. So sometimes, you know, uh, and it's occurred in a lot of people's lives when, when they feel stuck uh, completely or they feel that they are lost. Uh, sometimes it is actually a blessing in disguise, but you can only look at it backwards when it sort of brings about a big change. For example, Steve Jobs. Mm. Um, he he talks about calligraphy, that he learned calligraphy, which actually helped him in the Apple computers in a much big way. Mm. And uh, at the time he was learning calligraphy, no one could have known that uh, that'll have such a profound impact in, in the future right. of not just his business, but in computers. Right. Okay. Understood. Okay. Fascinating. Now, I, I want to share my own interest in belief, right? So uh, a few years ago, I obviously came across Simon Sinek's talk. Yeah. Start with the why. Yeah. Then I said, oh, this is interesting. This is pretty cool. 
And then I went on to read a book called Business Sutra. So as you might know, I um, you know did a few. I narrated a few books on Audible. As yeah, a book reader, including President of India, I believe, including the President of India. Yes, in 2016, he was then the current, uh, the, the sitting president. So, but I also managed to read a book by by Devdat Patnaik, who is uh, you know a very famous speaker, um, author, and this book was very interesting. He talked about it's called Business Sutra, and he talked about business from an ancient Indian perspective, which I know you also have a lot of interest in. And he 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 created a very simple model. It was belief leads to behavior, leads to business outcome. Okay. And I quite liked it. It was quite simple. And then I looked at it and went, hang on, this is this is kind of what Simon Sinek has been talking about as well. Start with the why, right? Yeah. And then and then the how, and then that'll lead to the what. So I thought, oh, this is really interesting. Let's dig deeper. And I really gravitated towards this model. And I looked at different leaders and what they did. And finally, in 2019, I got an opportunity to talk at the Indian consulate to deliver a keynote on how Gandhi and Gandhi's leadership style. Yep. And I, I sort of married it back to this model. And I realized that he had a belief in a non-violent, non-cooperative approach. But the entire country had a, or almost the entire country had a, had a different view. They believed that a violent, non-cooperative approach would work. And he spun that around. He became a great leader because he was able to get them, get their beliefs aligned to his beliefs. So, I mean, this was many years ago, right? Now, in your journey, in your entrepreneurial journey, you worked with so many entrepreneurs, you're an entrepreneur yourself. Can you talk to us about a real life example where you have seen a leader being able to align different beliefs of a team, bring them to the same page and deliver a wonderful outcome to the world? Or it doesn't have to be as dramatic and be a bit, can be a bit closer to home as well. Yeah, look, uh, there the, the are a lot of stories uh, in that. In fact, uh, uh, I had the opportunity to talk to one of the guys uh, who was with Infosys at very early stages when it was a small firm. Mm. And uh, I heard him, heard his story mm. where he talked to the founder and the founder came in a you know, young youngsters who knew recruits in the business who were having mm. laugh and a giggle. And he apparently told them that, do you know that we are making world's biggest uh, or one of the biggest software houses in the world? So the founder at such an early stage mm. had such a strong belief. Mm. Uh, I hear the story. And again, these are the stories I hear. Mm. Um, my first hand experience I'm going to come to soon. Mm. And the, the stories I hear about uh, Elon Musk, mm. you know, it's not different. Steve Jobs, yeah, it's not different. So all these uh, founders at the very early stage, they had a st strong and a staunch belief that they are changing the world. Yeah, some of the some of the founders that I come across uh, in India, in Australia, and Southeast Asia in the Silicon Valley that I have had the opportunity to talk to. Mm. And the, you know, pretty much, pretty much every example of a successful entrepreneur is that this is what we are doing and this is how it's going to change the world. Sometimes it's overconfidence as well, mm. but I, I think sometimes overconfidence doesn't really hurt. Lack of confidence too. 
Ah, very interesting. So if you must err on the side of higher confidence than lower. Well, you've got nothing to lose. The bottom line is if you're, you're overconfident, it doesn't, it doesn't hurt anyone as long as you're not lying. I'm not saying that, you know, you get yourself in uh, controversy like uh, currently if you see Theranos, you know, it's, mm. it, it is embroiled in a lot of controversies. Let's not get into it at this point sure. in time. Sure. But uh, uh, if we tend to avoid that, uh, if we stick to the facts, I think uh, staying, staying confident has never hurt yeah. any entrepreneur. Indeed. Indeed. Okay. Wonderful. Okay. Such a wonderful discussion on belief. It is really fascinating. It is an area of personal interest to me. So thank you for that. Now for our very last question, again, what we do on this show is we ask the guests to specify a must have trait. Now in your case, apart from belief, what is another must have trait for businesses or look, even individuals to become the next big thing and why? Next big thing. What is the it must, must have trait? Non-negotiable. Uh, look, you know, it, it depends. My, my answer to that will be, it depends. If you are a software business or whether you're a hardware business or you mm-hmm. sell products or services, mm-hmm. you know, the, the answers, the, there is no one single answer. Let me put it this way. Mm-hmm. Um, if, you, if you are an online marketplace, you know, I talk to a lot of entrepreneurs. They say, okay, we are creating this marketplace, mm-hmm. a two-sided marketplace. You know, it's a chicken and egg problem we are solving. Okay, how are you going to solve this problem? You know, how are you going to create the traction? If you're looking at, um, um, let's say, a biscuit manufacturer, you know, you're looking at <clears throat> scale of... Uh, production and scale of consumption, how you're going to go about it. Um, if you are a consultant like myself, you know, you are looking at, you know, how you're going to reach the market, how you, you know, proposing that, you know, this is, uh, this is the value proposition you have to offer and how you're going to actually share this information at a scale <clears throat> such that it doesn't distort the message because you, you also have to really ensure that uh, uh, when it reaches your target market, it actually portrays what you are set out to do. For example, let's say, um, you know, we discussed that, okay, I'm a numbers person and um, numbers have a profound impact on, on any business. Now, these numbers can be in share market or uh, in a balanced scorecard. In a balanced scorecard, these numbers will mean a different thing. In a share market, you know, if, you, if, I, if I may put it very simply, that two people trade assets at a given price because one believes the price will go up and the other believes the price will go down. Mm-hmm. It's a very simple thing. Back so, to belief. <laughs> so back to belief. But, you know, how does that matter? Whereas uh, the numbers and balanced scorecard mm-hmm. um, portray a totally different story. So you have to really understand what is the bigger context that is being played here. Sure. Without that, you know, everything else falls apart. So maybe understand the bigger picture. Maybe that's, that's where we're getting. Yes. Okay. Yes. Wonderful. Absolutely. Excellent. Excellent. Well, Samir Babar, thank, thank you, you so much for sparing your time. This was an excellent podcast and hopefully we will be sharing it with listeners very, very soon. Once thank again, you thank very you. much. Thank you, Shri. Thank you for having me.